Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. Scoopy right, Radio. Welcome oh back to the Leash podcast. And we got an all-star cast with us today. You know how we're doing it. NBA Finals. We are on the horizon of the NBA Finals. Game one, Wednesday night, or should I say tonight once this comes out, 9 p.m. ABC, Miami Heat versus the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, battle between South Beach versus the West Coast, all that good stuff. Today I am joined with, he doesn't even need an introduction, Mr. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Brandon, how, Scoop B, how's it going? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Can you guys hear me okay? I can hear you loud and clear, my brother. I can hear you loud and clear. And we also have the co-host of the Metro Port and Leash podcast, Tucker. How's it going, Tucker? Man, if this is an all-star cast, Scoop B is LeBron James, and I'm Alex Caruso. But I'm glad I'm here. Thanks for having me, guys. That makes you the GOAT. Oh boy. Okay. So join. So I'll just let the listeners know this. We're joined by two Lakers fans and I'm impartial for this NBA finals. So I'm actually not a Lakers Don't fan. lie. You're not impartial. You hate the Lakers. Don't lie. I never said that I hate the Lakers. I love myself some Kobe Bryant, RIP to Mamba. And I'm not a Lakers fan. <laughs> All right. I'll be the Lakers stand today. You got me. It's true. Just call me Stan. I'm here. I'm here for the Cos Lakes. All right, let's just get into it before we get into the NBA Finals. So the recent firing yesterday would have been, what, Monday evening. I was at work, got the text message through the group chat, things like that. Doc Rivers getting fired from the Clippers. What do we make of this? And let's get right into it. Who's the best fit, Scoop? Um, I mean, if you go towards the reports of Rose where he discussed Ty Lue and, um, and Jeffrey and Gundy, um, then... Um, so with that, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, I had talked to Jeff Van Gundy yesterday. He actually spoke uh, before the firing. You know, he's preparing for the NBA Finals. And um, he is, um, you know, one thing about just his preparation and his level of just getting ready for a season, he finishes anything out before 
he goes to the next thing. And so with that being said, I mean, I know for years, um, Justin Gundy has been rumored with just about every coaching position ever, and it didn't happen. Realistically, I believe that this one makes sense only because um, I think for Kawhi and Paul George and for all those other guys to do well, they need someone who has an established name and respect and cachet around the league. Um, Ty Lue also does make sense, too. And I, I said this on Twitter yesterday. When you look at the Ty Lue situation, this would literally be like Ty Lue coming in for David Blatt part two, except Doc Rivers is not David Blatt. He has a championship um, and the respect of the league. Uh, a lot of stuff that was going on in the locker room, in the Clippers locker room, I'll say, um, was in fact um, true. I've done some digging and um, just – the levels of favoritism and things that were going on in that locker room resonated. And I think that once a coach loses a team, um, it's hard to, to recover from that. And I think that unfortunately um, the Clippers were a little bit over their head in year one and, and, and everybody was looking to make the Lakers the not favorite and LeBron and the Lakers showed why they were. And I think in some respects, load management came back to bite the Clippers in the butt. Okay. Tucker, what do you got to say about this? I love the idea of Jeff Van Gundy. I, I got to say that sounds like a great move as far as what moves they can make. Ty Lue obviously seems kind of like a logical candidate, but I kind of wonder if Ty Lue isn't kind of like a slightly more soft-spoken, player-friendly Doc Rivers. I, I don't know if it's quite the solution that this particular team needs. So I like the idea of Jeff Van Gundy. As far as what I think the Clippers need, though, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say I don't think Doc Rivers was necessarily the fall guy that needed to take the fall. It, this all kind of has the, the the scent of Uncle Dennis kind of meddling about in all this to me. It seems like this is Kawhi saying he's got to go and we need a different coach and whatnot. And, and if that's the case, I guess Kawhi is the, the million-dollar man there, so they got to make, make sure he's happy. But I think – obviously the, the the squeakiest wheel on the Clippers this year, besides the fact they don't really have a legit point guard and, um, you know, their big men are scrappy, but I wouldn't say they're dominant big men, you know, in, in this, uh, you know, finals where you've got such great big men on the Lakers and whatnot. But I, I'd say it seems like Paul George is the squeakiest wheel. And I don't know if it's necessarily that he's incapable of being the number two all-star level player on that team but I think this might be a team that needs three instead of two. And I think Paul George might need to be a third option. So really, if I'm Steve Ballmer, I'd be going out and trying to find another all-star level player, kind of like the Lakers tried to do getting LeBron and AD and Kawhi together. And you know, the Lakers aren't going to be satisfied after this year, win or lose. They're going to go out and try and find another killer to go with these two guys they've already got. And I think that's really what the Clippers should be thinking. I feel like the coach is kind of an afterthought here. Okay. Uh, Scoop, do you have a rebuttal to that, what Tucker was saying? or I, I respect what Tucker says, actually. Um, the only the only counter to that maybe, if, they, if that is one, is I feel like when you start getting rid of the coach and when you start talking trades like that, particularly when you had a Clippers team that pretty much was, was going toe-to-toe with the Warriors at points in the playoffs last season, it makes you look like you're weak. 
in the sense of like Kawhi Leonard was supposed to be a Laker. He basically said, listen, if you don't get Paul George, I'm, I'm not going to the Clippers. And he went. Jimmy Butler was really who, who Kawhi wanted to play with. Um, and if you go back to my tweets, um, if it wasn't, if it was, there was a concoction of if it wasn't the Lakers and it was going to be Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler ended up going to Miami. Uh, but at the same point, I feel like it, it kind of sounds like a bag. Like, okay, it's the coach's fault. Now we're going to get Mike D'Antoni. I don't think Mike D'Antoni is a better coach than Doc Rivers. Um, but I also think that when it comes down to what do we do next, I think part of it is the coaching philosophy as it relates to load management and as it relates to rest and as it relates to, uh, you know, managing all of those personalities. And what I can tell you, and I reported this the other day, is you know, Clippers are interested in Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated guards in the league defensively, uh, scoring-wise, and, you know, I almost think he gets the Andre Miller treatment. Uh, and I think that when you look at that situation, if you if not Drew Holiday, then who? Then you look at Derrick Rose, uh, who's in Detroit. Um, you know, I, I know that this was something that uh, that uh, Jason McIntyre over Fox had suggested um, yesterday on Twitter, uh, where he basically discussed Paul George to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and in exchange for you know Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Bird. I don't know that the Nets would want to take on something like that. And I think sometimes when you go so far to like bring in new talent, you actually mess up the product of what you initially had. So I don't know. I'm on the fence on this one. I don't think it's just coaching. I think it's, yeah. I think it's player personnel, but who do you move? And I think it's easy to blame Paul George. You know, Paul George had that shoulder injury and, and, and he recovered from it. But I don't think that it's the shoulder. I think it's, I think it's something deeper than that. And I'm not sure what it is. Okay. Tucker, do you have a rebuttal to that there? or? I mean, I think that there are so many ways that they could try and fix this problem, but I think this is more a cultural issue with the Clippers than any other problem. And, of course, that is bias from being here in L.A., but the joke as soon as they coughed up the 3-1 lead to the Nuggets was, well, the Clippers just turned back into the Clippers tonight. That's the L.A. joke. And mm. I think – it doesn't matter if it's Doc Rivers or Jeff Van Gundy or Mike D'Antoni or Phil Jackson coaching this team. It really doesn't matter. I think what it is is culture. And I think Ballmer has started to change that, being the new owner, because obviously the Sterling era was really why it was such a toxic and kind of loser-like culture. But I think now it's about – kind of convincing these players and I don't mean Kawhi specifically but I think they started to show there down the stretch against the Nuggets that this is nothing is guaranteed and this is a what have you done for me lately town for sure here in LA and it's a what have you done for me lately league and you can't ever just walk in the door and think we're the obvious favorites to get to any level of the playoffs and I do think the Clippers thought that it was a done deal that they were playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, and they started acting like it at 3-1. And I think that has to do with changing the culture and the the hunger and drive uh, of that team. And I guess okay. that starts with ownership. It works down to the coaches, and obviously Kawhi is going to have to set the tone. And I don't know how great of a job he can do with that because he's so quiet and soft-spoken. It doesn't really seem like his personality to be out there being the, the, the you know, a brigadier general out there like LeBron is. So I don't know. 
Um, maybe it's bringing in another guy that can be more vocal and kind of do more of that on the floor too. Okay. So I feel Brand, uh, Scoop was trying to trying to say something there too, also too. So Scoop, what were you trying to say? Uh, you pretty much brought it on home. You, 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 you uh, brought up a valid point. I think um, at the end of the day, um, year two is going to be very different. Okay. So one thing I'll say about this, you know, just to kind of flush out this, this last talking point here about this and move on is what we have to look at with these Clippers is there's too many personalities that we see over there. And it seemed clearly, you know, Doc Rivers couldn't handle, you know, how Kawhi is being quiet, you know, yes, he's focused when he's on the court, he does his thing. Paul George has a lot of, you know, personality, it seemed like traits, you know, of, you know, when he wants to show up, when he doesn't want to show up and things like that. Then you got Patrick Beverly, then you got Trez, which, Possibly, you know, Montrezl Harrell is probably going to be on the move. We're hearing talks of Toronto Raptors, possibly, maybe the New York Knicks. We don't know. I feel like what you need to go in there and do is get a hard-nosed coach. Who do we have that's a hard-nosed coach right now that's sitting on the outskirts looking in? I make cases like this. I have to always go to the ESPN uh, position here of Mark Jackson, a man that I feel that deserves a spot into this league. That's done a lot in the NBA realm, not only as a coach, but as a player, as a, you know, a great analyst, TV analyst and things like that. And then look at the success that he had with Golden State before Steve, Steve Kerr took over the team. What I'm basically trying to say is let's put some discipline, old school discipline into that market there that maybe that's what they need to get over the hump. I think Mark Jackson, from an eye test and from what I basically see in his history and things like that, is a little bit more vocal than a Doc coach. I mean, Doc, Doc Rivers coach. I feel like Doc Rivers can at times be a yes man. You know, he had those personalities over there in 08 with the Boston Celtics and the big three with Garnett and Pierce and, you know, uh, Ray Allen and all the surrounding cast. But let's see what Mark Jackson could do. And I think it's time to give him uh, a shot at an NBA coaching position once again. I like that, Rory. I think that's a great pick. I think Mark Jackson might be one of my favorite candidates for that job. I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Scoop, anything, last words? I agree. Okay. Okay. We're all we're all agreeing for right now. That's good. Okay. So NBA Finals Wednesday night. We we get it. Who has the most pressure as a coach currently right now going into the series? Is it Frank Vogel for the Los Angeles Lakers or Eric Spolstra for the Miami Heat? Scoop. Um, the game one is usually a fill out process for any LeBron James team uh, that he's played on and. Um, you know, that being said, I, I do think that um, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, I think even the storyline that goes with it, um, you know, Eric Spolstra as a head coach uh, and LeBron James as his former player uh, for, for uh, NBA Finals appearances. And, you know, then you look at Jason Kidd as the assistant coach with the Lakers. Coach, he and LeBron went against Jason Kidd in 2011 when Jason Kidd was in Dallas. and. Um, just all those storylines, I think that that part is cool. Um, but I do think that in you know in game one, the Lakers are going to have to guard the three point because uh, the, the Heat can shoot that at a high clip. Um, but I think you know the the most uh, interesting matchup besides Jimmy Butler and, and LeBron James will be um, Bam Adebayo and um, Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. 
me. I, I think that, um, you know, people were wondering about Jokic versus Davis and um, Nurkic versus Davis. And, you know, I think that just these two teams, uh, I, I go back to something Troy Daniels, a former Nugget, said to me, or of the Nuggets when he was before he was cut by the Lakers, said to me back in February, he said to me that, um, you know, the Lakers are one of the most underdog one seeds that there is out there. And um, I think they were counted out and everybody was looking at the Clippers. And I think on the same token, when you look at the Heat this season, um, this, this Heat team um, kind of just went under the radar because everybody was paying attention so much to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers and what the Nets were going to do next season. And um, I, I like the team that the, that the Heat has on paper um, and on the floor. I think they're gritty, they're grinders, and I think that the Heat are everything that people actually thought the Nuggets and the Blazers would be against the Lakers. Hmm. Tucker. That's an interesting thought. I, I, I can see where you're coming from about the Heat kind of having that Blazer-like, Nugget-like uh, personnel that could be very troublesome for the Lakers. And I'll agree with you. I said this to Rory before we came on when we were talking this morning that I think this is the most legitimate series that the Lakers have been in so far. I think they would have had a legitimate challenge from the Clippers. I think they would have had a legitimate challenge from the Bucks. But I think that the Heat are going to give them the true run for this title that that they deserve. Uh, your question, though, was who's facing more pressure as a coach? Mm-hmm. I would say surely Frank Vogel, to me, is facing more pressure because he was brought in and given two of the top five players in the NBA. And LeBron's clock is surely ticking as far as how many years he's got left. Obviously, the, the expectation from LeBron and the Lakers is win now. Uh, I feel like the Heat have exceeded expectations. Obviously, Pat Riley is the kind of manager and president that expects a ton always out of his personnel. But essentially, they're playing with house money right now. Nobody thought they were going to be here. Everybody just assumed it was going to be the Bucks. So the fact that they are where they are, especially with the personnel that they've got, which is pretty young. I mean, I guess Dragic isn't exactly young, but a lot of these other guys are still pretty young. Um, and and have a lot of upside in the future. This is the kind of thing where Spolstra has already, you know, entrenched his role as a, a legendary coach with the Heat. He's already won with the Heat. Uh, he's delivered. So I, I don't think that if they lose this, that Spolstra would necessarily be on the hot seat at all for this. Mm-hmm. I think he would be given a pat on the back, job well done. I think Vogel is under direct orders that we need to win it all. We need to win it now. And then we need to come around next year and win it again and come around the year after that and win it again. There is just very little margin of error for the Lakers as far as the organization. And again, we go back to our city, this city of LA, we want championships and we want them all the time. And it's been 10 years. Obviously we keep talking about Kobe Bryant. We haven't had a championship since Kobe and the, and the Lakers upset the Celtics in 2010. This is entirely too long. So, yeah, I think Vogel's under a lot of pressure. I don't think he gets fired necessarily if the Heat upset them, but I think he's definitely on the hot seat coming up the following year. Okay. Scoop, anything to add to that? Yeah, I agree on the hot seat for the following year. Thank you for actually answering the question. Uh, But I do think that um, Vogel, I mean, Jason Kidd was brought in uh, to be Vogel's uh, replacement if things didn't go well. Um, 
I've heard throughout the course of the season. Of course, this was before the finals were, were, were matched up, but you know that this was Jason Kidd's job to uh, you know to have. But you know, Jay Kidd also did interview for uh, you know for Nick's position, didn't get it, um, even though he was preferred by uh, James Dolan. Uh, I'm told, but as it relates to you know uh, Eric Spolster, I don't think there's any pressure on him. And, and to be honest with you. Uh, when you look at this situation, this is perfect for if they lose, hypothetically, or if they win. This is perfect free advertising for the free agents to come. When you, you look at Victor Oladipo. He does have a desire to play for the Miami Heat. Uh, you know, you look at Giannis up at the combo situation. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he met with them and meaning met with the, uh, the Bucks and, you know, expressed his desire to come back if, or to, you know, for the Bucks to make some changes with potentially bringing in Chris Paul and which was the name on the list. But, you know, the Heat is definitely a team, are definitely a team um, that has their eyes on Giannis as do the Golden State Warriors in the future. So, you know, this is free preview for what, what is to come um, if, if, if they play their cards right. So, you know, you look at the Lakers situation, uh, I, I personally think that they can win it in six, five or six. Um, but at the same time, I, I do think, man, that um, they got work to do. It's not going to just happen just because they're the Lakers. Like they gotta, they gotta, they gotta grind. Okay, Tucker, what do you have about you know when he was talking about the uh, you know the Lakers not being in the finals and things like that? And that's totally fine. My biggest thing since 2010 is he called it an upset. I, I wouldn't have said that that would have been an upset in 2010. KG wasn't, wasn't in that series. He was injured, you know, the last back half of that series. And I feel like, you know, that series could have went either way if KG was in, you know, I think what we have to look at with both the coaches, you know, Frank Vogel, Eric Spolstra, Eric Spolstra has already won, you know, he's already won championships. Frank Vogel, from what I know, hasn't really won anything unless he's been on an assistant coach. Now, where I would go to who has the most pressure, I would actually put this to Eric Spolstra. Now, what I would say is this. Game one, three, and five. Those are going to be the the three games that Miami needs to capitalize on to win, personally, from the eye test and what they have on on the court. I think they can get... As you mentioned, Scoop, you talked about, you know, the Lakers like to feel out things and things like that. But when I look at Miami, Miami's the underdog. They're right now not supposed to be in this position. You know, I I alluded to and I'm going to give a shout out on this podcast to a friend of mine by the name of um, uh, Justin Lee from the Above the Rim podcast. He's been about Miami all the time since the playoffs started. You know, he created the prophecy. He did all that good stuff. And I single-handedly agreed with him on one of our Insta Lives. Now, basically what I'm trying to say is, to finish it up, Eric Spolstra, this Miami Heat team, Miami Heat team, sorry, they're loaded. They got the shooters. You know, Duncan Robinson can show that he can fire the ball. Tyler Hero shows that he can fire the ball and they've got the bodies to throw with LeBron. Now, what do they do about AD? A lot of people are going to say, bam. A lot of people are going to say, you know, well, Kelly Olenek is a body, but I don't really think Kelly Olenek is going to, is going to slow down on Anthony Davis. Maybe we see, uh, uh, Udonis Haslam, he's there. Uh, is he injured? I don't know. I haven't seen the injury report. They're going to have the bodies, 
but the pressure comes down to Miami winning game one, three, and five. And I totally feel if they can win those three games, those critical games, they have a shot to win this series. Back to you, Tucker. I feel like you had something to say. He's not around. I guess he's, you know, frozen in time and whatnot. Okay. Um, Scoop, what do you have to add to what I just said there? No, man, I think um, the, the, the whole roster of um, the, the Miami Heat are just an interesting intrigue. You know, even dating back to the beginning of the season with Kendrick Nunn, um, I like a lot of these guys' stories. You know, when you look at the last series in the Western Conference Finals with Nuggets and the Lakers, for example, um, you look at, I think the highest draft pick in that draft was number seven, and that was with Jamal Murray. And when you look at this series against the Miami Heat, um, one of the things that stands out to me is um, the, the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trade. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why that stands out to me is when on the ground, when Russell was traded to uh, the Houston Rockets, um, there was talk in Oklahoma, you know, that Thunder were looking to make a move uh, to trade uh, Chris Paul to the Heat. And the Thunder wanted Tyler Hero in any move. Uh, and the Heat were pretty adamant about not making that happen. Um, and, you know, it makes sense when you sit and think about it, man, because Hero's been playing unstoppable. I've been saying this on Twitter uh, a lot that uh, Tyler Hero reminds me of a cross between um, Bob Sora, that name is a 90s basketball name, uh, and um, Clay Thompson, the way he shoots the ball, uh, the way he, he his, his confidence, um, and his ability to just be an impact player right away. But I also think that one of the, the biggest nucleuses on that Heat team is Andre Iguodala, um, who was 3-1 and one against LeBron James in the NBA Finals. And, you know, that, that, that's interesting only because, of course, he played on the Warriors with Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson and, um, you know, Kevin Durant and what have you. And, uh, he, but he was the MVP in the 2015 NBA Finals. Uh, but, you know, in addition to that, you have other veteran leaders like Warren Dragic uh, on that team, the point guard uh, from Slovenia. Um, you have an interesting cast with Duncan Robinson, uh, who played well in the Celtics series. Um, you have other pieces uh, like... Uh, Derek Jones Jr. And, 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 and like you mentioned, Kelly Olenek and Udonis Haslam, who's basically being an extension to the, to the assistant coach on the floor. Um, Kendrick Nunn, you know, at one point was argued to be potentially you know, the NBA's rookie of the year. I remember sitting down with Kobe White over at Bulls headquarters back in November, and he told me at the beginning of the season, he felt that, uh, you know, Kendrick Nunn. You know, Can you guys hear me now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He definitely said that Kendrick Nunn was, you know, the NBA's um, rookie of the year. Of course, he went to, uh, to another player. Hello. Yeah, can you hear him? Yeah, man. I think at the end of the day, when you look at the Heat, just their, their cast of characters is definitely um, um, uh, diverse. And then it's built around Jimmy Butler, who was laughed at by Philadelphia, many in Philadelphia, for leaving the Sixers and, and going, going elsewhere. And, um, Seems that he got the last laugh. You know, Miami was a team that was of interest to him before he was traded to Philadelphia, as was the Houston Rockets. And, you know, he was able to learn different things at different spots. You know, and, and now he's got a team of his own. Dwayne Wade retired, and now, you know, Jimmy is in Miami living his best life. 
Okay. Okay. So basically we're just with technical difficulties and things like that and reception and all this. So we're doing this as a three-way and this Tucker had a little bit of technical difficulties and whatnot. So I know you had some things that he wanted to, to obviously address um, possibly biggest takeaways of the NBA finals and, uh, and who wins this series also too. So Tucker, take the, take the uh, bull by the horns. Well, I got to say both of these teams are laughing right now. You know, Scoop just talked about last laugh for Jimmy. They're both laughing because, boy, just go and look at so many of the people that threw salt on both of these teams before the season, during the season, and really all the way up to the playoffs. I mean, it, like like he said earlier, the Lakers are kind of the biggest number one seed underdog that I think I can remember in a while because everybody in the media wrote them off. Everybody just kind of anointed the Clippers, the obvious – front runners at, at the second seed and um, said that, you know, LeBron and AD weren't necessarily going to be able to put this together and whatnot. And now here they are. And, uh, and then obviously the heat, so many people thought that they couldn't even have a decent season. I mean, gosh, I was just seeing old takes exposed online. People before this season were saying the heat weren't even playoff contenders, let alone, you know, the championship contenders. So um, I guess to answer your question in a roundabout way, I do think the Lakers are not only favorites, but I do think they're going to win. But like I said earlier, I think that this is going to be a really tough test for them. Finally, I think the heat are a bold group that I think plays with a lot of defensive intensity, which is something that the Lakers probably aren't used to through these first three rounds. And so they're really going to be tested. I think the Lakers biggest advantage obviously is with size and um, front court dominance as far as talent goes. And, and I do think that LeBron is the X factor for the Lakers, as far as just being able to guard just about anyone and uh, being able to be a ball handler, uh, play off the ball, all the things he can do, but I'll go ahead and say, I had picked Lakers in six. I would not be surprised at all if this goes seven games. And if it goes seven, I really think it's a toss up. I think that he could surely win this series. So not trying to disrespect them with this pick, this will be the toughest round, but I do think Lakers in six, or seven is my pick. And Scoop, uh, what are what are any other key takeaways that you have and uh, who wins the series and why? I don't really think this is going to be a game just about um, tenacity and just those who want it the most. And I look at, like I said, I look at Bam Adebayo and Anthony Davis. I'm really excited for that matchup. Um, I look at today's NBA, you know, and these two guys are considered big men. And the phrase big man has just evolved. You know, I was... I was spoiled in the 90s with the David Robinsons and the Patrick Ewings and the Shaquille O'Neal's and you know, those traditional big men, uh, the Kimbe Matumbo, the O'Reilly, all those guys. And I mean, even looking at Portland with Kevin Duckworth. Um, in today's NBA, today's big man is, is a finesse. And you know, the interesting thing about it is when I look at Dwight Howard, um, I think he's more than earned another payday. Um, and I think he proved it in the Nuggets series. And in retrospect, um, you know, the Rockets-Lakers series was Dwight's version of load management, and, and Dwight was very upset about, um, you know, not playing and, and, and sitting out. And uh, he was preserved in that regard because he had to go against the Jokic's and the, the Jeremy Grants, and, or Jeremy Grant, excuse me, I get those Grants confused. Um, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, Dwight Howard is going to come up uh, big uh, for the Lakers. 
Uh, you know, but I definitely think that Ray John Rondo is a guy uh, throughout the whole playoffs for the Lakers who has um, who has come up in in, in big in big moments. Um, I, I sat down with Nancy Lieberman uh, last fall, and we talked at great length about Ray John Rondo, uh, and said that um, she said to me that Rondo has the balance of IQ and EQ. And I think that that's so significant because as much as LeBron has great court vision, uh, when LeBron shifts over to the three and lets Rondo do his thing, um, it's, it's, it's like art. I enjoy watching good, I, I enjoy seeing people create good art and I like seeing it in real time. Uh, what Rondo's been able to do with Los Angeles uh, this season as a leader, you know, and you look at the, the whole picture of the Lakers at the beginning of the season, like the first game of the season, going up against um, the Clippers. Rondo was hurt. Danny Green was scoring 28 points. I think he was the high man in that game, 28 points. And, you know, AD and LeBron were still figuring out the pick and roll situation. And then you got with Kuzma being out. Um, and, and just over time, we just saw how the Lakers began to take shape over the course of the season. And then you bring in other people like Morris Quinn and J.R. Smith and, 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 um, and the Raiders and some of those other pieces as well. And, you know, I think Alex Caruso um, at times during the series against the Clippers played well. I, excuse me, against the Nuggets played well. I'd like to con- continue to see that level of youth. Um, for him. And, and really and truly, we need Danny Green to step up. Like, I think this is the time where um, the finals are where stars are made. He's won two rings Scoop with the Spurs, one, and then the other one with the Masters. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to see him become the sharpshooter that they signed him to be. I remember sitting down with Danny um, throughout the course of the season. Uh, I did some color commentating uh, for Baller TV during a basketball tournament, and I told him, I said, yo, man, you're about to earn your your big payday. They're becoming the you're becoming the sharpshooter or the veteran that they were looking for. He's like, I don't know, man. I got a lot of work to do. And he struggled during the playoffs, but it's not over till it's over. I think all will be well um, if he's able to kind of right those wrongs and those struggles that he's had. I know he's had headaches throughout the course of the season, and you know, even when you look at KCP throughout the course of this season, at the beginning of the season, Lakers fans were very frustrated with KCP. I remember they they made memes where they put him on a melt carton. Said uh, wanted man wanted for stealing sixteen million dollars, and uh, KCP has found a way to gel with the right time with the Lakers, and, I, and I'm genuinely hoping uh, that Danny Green uh, finds that that momentum as well. Nice guy, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I want to see the Lakers win it all, man. Over the last two years, um, they they put it together a product, and you know I'm thankful that a lot of the information that was out there I was privy to, and I'm cheering them on from a perspective of just looking at what they put together over the last couple of years. And, what a great time to do that in an era where, you know, Kobe Bryant was our, our this generation's Michael Jordan. I'm not saying he is Michael Jordan, but the kids this viewed him as that. And, you know, I'd like to see them avenge that loss by, you know, winning the whole thing. Yeah. Before before I go to the final talking points, I, I just want to unpack some stuff as far as, you know, biggest takeaways. And you guys both brilliantly have said so many great things that I feel the, the audience is going to be able to take away from. I think when it comes down to my other big takeaways, we talk about Gordon Drogics and a guy that can come off the bench and put up anywhere between 15 to 20 points. And then you look on the Lakers side, 
you know, you got the Lakers side, you got Caruso, you got Kyle Kuzma, you got Morris, you got, you know, Rondo. We've alluded to maybe insert, uh, you know, Dwight Howard, if he's going to get the starting nod or anything like that. What I'll put the points here is this, is if 2012 Dwight Howard shows up, well, then this series could be a wrap in maybe five games. Then we look at the other interesting part and we look at Miami and if Gordon Dragic can come off the bench and give you 20 points alongside what Jimmy Butler can do and Bam and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and all the surrounding counterparts, well then, you know, it could be the Heat in six, maybe the Heat in seven, you know, it'd be easy to sit here and say about the refs and are the refs going to be the ones that are going to dictate this series? Well, we don't want to leave it in the refs hands. And we already know as sports fans, it all comes down to the players get the job done on the court, on the field, whatever you're playing on and get the job done. When I look at this, who's going to win this series, everybody's going to say LA. And I've seen some of the most interesting, lukewarm, hot takes. Lakers are going to sweep this team. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I really don't see them sweeping this team. I've heard some people say Heat and six. I've heard some people say Heat and five. I've heard some people Lakers and five. I'm going to go with what my heart is telling me. My heart tells me the Heat in seven. But my mind says the Lakers in six. If that makes any sense. Wouldn't you, Christina Aguilera, your heart's telling you what? Genie in a bottle? <laughs> <laughs> Scoop, that's why you're my friend, man. You can really call me Christina Aguilera if you really want to. But- Let me jump real quick, Rory. Let me jump in, man. I just I want to say I think that for the Heat, their their biggest X Factor player is not any of the players that you just mentioned. It's Andre Iguodala. That is their biggest X-Factor player. He obviously was a finals MVP not that long ago. He's obviously been given this amazing opportunity to come and be a mentor and a veteran presence on a pretty young, inexperienced team. And he has the potential to do what he did when he won the finals MVP for the Warriors, which is kind of be the guy that flew in under the radar and then plays incredibly huge behind guys that obviously are supposed to be carrying all the load. So if he comes and plays the way that he played in that closeout game against the Celtics through this whole series, yeah, I think that he can win. But I also think that there are a lot of veterans on LA that scoop already mentioned that have shown up and have come through. Cause you know, my big question as a Lakers fan is who's going to replace Avery Bradley, not coming into the bubble, especially on defense and and, and who's going to be the stopper. And it's been kind of like by committee. You know, it's different guys in different games. But you know, Danny Green plays hard D, even when his shot's been broke. And, um, you know, KCP has shown up and been scrappy on defense and hit some big shots for us. You know, and then Kyle Kuzma is scrappy, uh, you know, not always scoring, but, but you know, doing big things on D or getting a big rebound or playing hard defense. You know, it's, it's it, Markeith Morris. It's like every night the Lakers have somebody else show up. Caruso obviously is a big hustle and energy guy. Um, but I think veteran presence wise, the Lakers have it. They got Dwight and they got Rondo and then they've got LeBron and even AD who isn't exactly like an old vet, but you know, he's been around for a while. That's a lot of experience going up against a fairly inexperienced heat team. And -hmm. I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting matchups, but I think scoop said it. If Danny green can start knocking down shots, 
you know, I was just saying, boy, the biggest shot he hit was one of the final shots of the Nugget series. I, I said it to my family. I go, man, broke Danny Green, just hit a shot. If he can bring that kind of energy into this series and start knocking down shots, I think this could be a lot quicker than five, than six games. I think Lakers could win in five if he shows up and starts bombing out. All right. Before I have Scoop be go again, who would you say is your final and your finals MVP? Um, to me? Yes, you. Before I get Scoop to talk. Hey, about. buddy. I know everybody. It's trendy if you're picking Lakers to say that Anthony Davis is the most valuable guy on the team and the best player pound for pound on the team and all that. But you know what? I'm just going to keep it real. LeBron James is the engine of this team. If the Lakers win, he's going to be the MVP, and he's going to be the MVP because he's going to play at an MVP level like he's played through these playoffs. And I think that Anthony Davis does need to drop 25 to 35 a night. There's no doubt. And he needs to show up and play incredible defense. And he needs to be uh, not injured because I think that's the biggest knock on AD is that he's brittle. He needs to play through any kind of injury and any kind of pain and be tough. But I think LeBron James is going to be the MVP. And I think he's going to be the MVP because at some point in every series, LeBron has to put up triple double numbers and they got to be astonishing ones. Like they were in that closeout game against the nuggets. I mean, boy, if he can put up 38 with 15 rebounds and 12 or 13 assists. Yeah. They're going to win. And I do think that LeBron James at the end of this is going to be MVP and it's going to solidify his legacy as being the best player of this current generation, hands down. Okay. Scoop. What he said. <laughs> That's all you're going to say? Yes. I agree all with right. everything he said, honestly. No, no, joke, no joke. All right. Before we get out of here, I'll just have my last final say about finals MVP. I said Lakers in six, Heat in seven. I'm going to stick with my heart. And I'm going to go Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, and the boys from Bay County in seven. And I had no bookie come my way. I didn't have no fantasy guru talk to me in my DM. But the finals MVP, if the Heat win this series, will be no other than Tyler Hero. You heard it here first. You heard it first. I like it. It's crazy, man, but I like it. I'll give it to you. That kid's hey. going to have to have an amazing finals if they're going to win. That's for sure. He just mentioned, he said that he's like Clay Thompson. Scoop B just mentioned that, right? Before we get out of here, right, I want to always give it back to you guys. You know, brilliant podcasts, things like that. Great to talk, refreshing to talk some sports back again and things like that. But Scoop, where can everybody check you out for the ones that don't know who you are, my friend? Um, heavy Life with Scoop B uh, is the wave right now. I'm a senior writer at Heavy.com. I have a digital show uh, called uh, Heavy Life with Scoop B. We've had anyone from um, Antoine Walker, Stefan Marbury, uh, Jay Williams. Uh, we got a couple surprises this week uh, that you'll be very happy with on Heavy Life with Scoop B. Um, and I'm fin- finishing up my schedule for the month. Um, we will have some heavy hitters. We had Chris Broussard on the other day. Uh, but we have two other interviews uh, scheduled for Heavy Live this week, and we've got a couple of big ones in the coming weeks uh, that you should be paying attention to, uh, as well as, you know, the Scoopy Radio podcast, which is available on all streaming platforms. Um, and, you know, check out my work at heavy.com, and, and, and just, you know, follow me on Twitter, Scoop B on Twitter, Scoop underscore B on Instagram, and a lot of good stuff coming for the month of October, so please be looking out. 
Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. And Tucker, the co-host, the brilliant other mind on this Mitchell Report Unleashed podcast, Mitchell Report Unleashed network, you know, working everybody check out your brilliant work, my friend. Hey, man, I'm on all the networks, but the only one I ever check is Twitter. So hit me up, Tucker Dale Booth on there if you want to converse or connect or do any of that stuff. Uh, I obviously am cranking out content for Mitchell Report Unleashed, and I got more stuff coming out very soon, a whole bunch of guests on the docket that are wonderful guests from various uh, sports worlds and, and the media world. Uh, I am contributing now for ramsbrothers.com, doing stuff about our LA Rams. Got an article coming out this week called, you know why the refs called that penalty. That's the one for this week. So, you know, if you're a Rams fan, definitely, you know where to find me. Separate show, and, Tucker. Separate show, <laughs> separate show, bro. Separate show. Please don't do and, this. And, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll give one more. We got the new album coming out and it's coming out week by week on YouTube. Uh, my album Sociopaths, my first hip hop album in almost seven years is done. And we're releasing a new song every Friday. So if you go on YouTube and type in Tucker Booth or you search the Tantrum Niche channel, which is Tantrum, N-I-C-H-E, Tantrum Scoop Niche B channel. Radio. We got a new song every single Friday coming out all the way through the presidential elections. And then the full album is going to come out right around the new year. So check it out. It's called Sociopaths a comedy all about the state of the crazy world that we live in right now. Uh, every Friday, new music Friday, check it out. Thanks for having me, Rory. Yeah, man. Anytime, my friend. And you know, before you guys get out of here and everybody gets out of here and continues on their afternoon, you know, I like to give big thank you. Like I said, again, to Tucker, you know, the co-host brilliant mind of this Mitchell Police podcast, you know, and the network and things like that. And, and hats off to you, Scoop, you know, such a well-focused, driven individual that is doing the right work, especially in this NBA community, you know, it taking your time, hopping on podcasts, you know, reading your articles, seeing all the brilliant mind work you even do on Instagram Live, you know, and you're, you're, you're a breath of fresh air when it comes to basketball talk, you know, and give us uh plot podcasters the time to you know come on the show chop it up talk basketball and all those good things and hats off to you my brother thank you my brother thanks for as always for allowing me to be myself yeah thank you scoop always appreciate you online man one of my favorite follows out there keep doing what you're doing brother my man all right, I guys. appreciate you guys yes we are out for the Mitchell Port Unleashed podcast episode 241 this is Scooby Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 